All right. I'm Cameron Jernigan. And I'm Cameron Paul. And this is The The Donley Donley Diaries. Diaries. So this week in lecture, we talked about, and I almost want to gag when I say it, but the biophysics of neurons. So (laughs) I just have a lot of PTSD surrounding this topic, and it actually just makes me very angry that I have to see it again, because I just hated physics, and I think Cameron can back me on this. We just did not like physics at all, and the worst part of physics to me was the circuitry laws of physics. Mm-hmm. Like that was the part that one didn't interest me, and two was really hard for me to understand. So then I was like, "Man, hopefully I'll never have to see this again. Hopefully this is a nightmare from like sophomore year of college." And then this summer, it all came back up again as Cameron and myself studied for the MCAT. Oh yeah. And we had to relearn all of the circuit laws and bring back all of those horrible memories. So finally, when I took my MCAT, I thought I had finally closed the door (laughs) on this horrific topic that I hate so passionately, which is circuits. Here I am sitting in neurobiology just to see it again. So. Well, yeah, it was like whenever I took physics, I was like, okay, you know, this is a class that I'm going to find interesting some of the time. And the other times it's going to be like, I just have to get through this. Like, this is just a class that I have to put my head down and just get through it. So we learned all this stuff and then wiped it from my brain. Right. As soon as we got mm-hmm. it, I wiped it from my brain. And then, like you said, we get to the this past summer and it's like, oh, yeah, no, you need this because, like, 10% of the MCAT is going to be physics. Right. And you're like, and it was. You're like, oh, my goodness. Let me just reteach myself all of this physics stuff and then wipe my brain again because I don't want to ever think about it again because I'm not going to I'm not going to need it. That's literally what I could... That's that's all I was thinking is, I'm not going to need it. I will say, though, it is nice... Well, I hate looking at it again and having to relearn it again. It is nice seeing that we do actually need... Like, that it does have some mm-hmm. biological implications. Because I remember sitting in physics learning this, like, thinking, I will never need to think about any of this to be a doctor. Oh, yeah. So it is good, I guess, to see that, oh, we do see some of this circuitry laws present in, in the human body. Mm-hmm. And if the human body is something that we claim to be passionate about and want to study, then we do need to understand circuitry. And so I, I guess, yeah, that's an unfortunate realization, but also a good one. So we might as well just dive right into it. Um, so following our same general structure that we did the first week, Cameron, what's something that, if you can dig through this horrible mess of information, <laughs> what's something that you, we talked about this week in lecture that interested you? The thing that interested me was one of the only things that wasn't super hard on circuitry, <laughs> which was the myelination of, of the axons. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we know... And that's something we talked about before, right? Yeah, yeah, we've talked about myelin before and the different kinds of myelination that occur, like, wherever, depending on where you are in the body. Um, So, in the central nervous system, we've got the oligodendrocytes, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they myelinate the axons, and, and one thing that I thought was really cool is, like, the whole point of this is to make it flow easier. Right. Like it, it save energy. Yeah, it uses less energy. It's it's so much more efficient. It just like I mean, you need insulation for everything like in your house whenever you have electricity flowing like like even like in our you know like in our gaming systems like whenever the the cord's plugged in like you have insulation like just to make sure that you're not losing energy, you're not losing heat or anything like that. And like that's one thing that's really important to a system is making sure that you're efficient. Otherwise, you're just wasting resources. Mm-hmm. So having oligodendrocytes that myelinate these axons helps us to 
use, you know, it's at like around like 5,000 times less energy and it takes up m- more space, like a, an unmyelinated axon takes up more space than a myelinated axon. Which is interesting. Which is really interesting. Um, but, and I learned in, I learned in my neurophys class, like my, like my neurophysiology class that like there are times that you need each of them. Um, but like the idea that we can myelinate them in order to like allow us to do like saltatory conduction and, and jump from like each node and it allows us to like not move backwards. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, that is interesting. And I think it's neat that learning more about the myelination helps us to better understand this idea of saltatory conduction that we learned from like AMP or something like that. Yeah. And like how we know that it's going to propagate in one direction. For sure. Which I think is kind of like what you were going to talk about. Yeah, so like I was going to build on that. Something that interested me from lecture this week was diving in a little bit deeper to both sodium and potassium channels. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for a lot of this class, like I had brushed over both of these channels and kind of understood the basics of them from other classes. But for this week in lecture, we kind of really tore those apart and talked about like the molecular details surrounding both of those gates. I mean, surrounding both of those channels. And we talked about how, like, potassium channels will have four activation gates, while sodium channels will have three with an inactivation gate. Um, so that term, like, an inactivation gate was something, like, I hadn't really thought of. And if I'm understanding it right, that's one of the reasons that we're seeing that one direction of travel in the, in the human neuron is because those sodium channels have those inactivation gates that mm-hmm. are making them inactive. So, like, for a moment, you can't start another depolarization you can't start another action potential you can't send another signal because this inactivation gate is present so that's how we're seeing that current propagated in one direction so i thought that was really interesting to like dive deeper into the idea of these different types of channels and like the molecular molecular level and that also helped us understand like some of the physical processes that we can see on our wider scale and i think that's something i'm really interested in this class in general it's just learning like tiny details that help bring the the bigger picture together of what we've understood for a couple years now different processes yeah and i think i think that's something that i feel like most of us wonder it's like okay well you have this electrical signal and it's going down you know this wire essentially mm-hmm. and it's like what's to say that it's going to travel right instead of left right and so it's cool to see you know this inactivation that gives it enough time to spread the correct direction Mm -hmm. and basically puts up like a blockade almost to keep it from traveling like backwards yeah super neat anyways i really like looking at those uh just both potassium and sodium channels on the more molecular level and trying to understand this a little bit more and that's something i'm excited about yeah all right, so for this next piece, we're going to move into uh, t- discussing our learning goals and some just general applications from maybe this week in lecture, maybe some outside sources we had to pull, and just kind of like how we're expanding on and building those learning goals. So Cameron, which learning goal are you addressing this week, and what's some new information you learned about it? So I want to talk about another psychological disorder and what is believed to be the biological origin and kind of how that works. Cool. So I remember from abnormal psych whenever we were talking about mood disorders um we spent a section talking about bipolar disorder and um you know there's a lot that goes into bipolar disorder um there's manic episodes and then you have like depressive episodes so you've got like really really high highs where you feel Mm -hmm. like 
you're on top of the world, um, and you're basically indestructible. Mm-hmm. And then you've got really, really low lows. Um, and what makes it bipolar is that you're constantly cycling. Okay. So you'll just go through these periods. And um, in that class, we talked about it could be ion activity that is causing this. And we really didn't hit hard on it because he didn't want to dive too deep into like the biology because most of the people taking that class are psych majors. So they're mm-hmm. not really interested in it. But I mean, I am, I am mm-hmm. pretty interested in it. So I found this, uh, this article, this research that talks about how it could have to do with the sodium potassium pump and that these manic episodes that we're seeing, uh, is due to a slight decrease in the activity of the sodium potassium pump. Um, and then if there's an increase, excuse me, if there's a greater decrease in, in like the potassium, the sodium potassium pumps activity, then that's what causes the depressive episodes. Okay. So, and I don't really understand how this could happen. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's but, just like a theory. They but their data is showing this correlation that with like with this slight decrease in activity of the sodium potassium pump, we could see manic episodes. And then if there's like a further decrease, then we're going to get depressive episodes. Now, I mean, there's there's other factors, obviously, you know, like age experience, um, uh, other like like their their blood contents mm-hmm. if there's other other things going into it but i do think it's really interesting that that we're able to see like the amount of activity could have an effect on bipolar disorder cool yeah like a biological cause for some yeah. psychological yeah. good yeah and that kind of hits on that like goal we have of like discussing some malfunction or disorder yeah okay what about cool. you well, the learning goal that I was wanting to talk about this week was my goal to identify the structures and functions of the brain and nervous system and learn how these many different parts communicate with one another. So I thought this was a good lecture this week um, to kind of help build on that goal. We talked about different circuit laws of the brain and how the brain kind of almost is like a computer, uh, how we have these like currents and signals, and I think that really speaks to like how these different regions are communicating with each other. So one thing that I felt like really helped build this idea of how are they communicating is really thinking of the neuron, the membrane, and the, the separation of charge as a capacitor. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we learned a lot about capacitors through physics and the MCAT, and we're learning more about it now. But a capacitor is basically just a separation of two charges, and it like stores charge on that with an insulator in the middle. So what we're saying is that the neuron is acting, the membrane of the neuron is acting like an insulator, and we're separating the charge between the inside and the outside of the cell. So we're sending <laughs> that change in charge, that change in current across the neuron, and that's how we're sending a signal. So right. I thought that was another, like, just a good foundational piece of maybe how are we sending signal. Yeah, like, we're, we're finally, like, starting to understand how all of this works. Right, like, like the little tiny pieces playing yeah, into it. Yeah, like, we know... We know that there's molecules that are helping with this, but, like, what really, like, starts it? Yeah. Like, what causes those molecules to be released and, and what what is causing us to be able to, like, you know, send information throughout our entire brain and our entire body? Right. And while I hate learning about all the circuits and stuff, it is it is a neat and important to see that our, our body is using these electric signals. And if we're going to understand how the body's communicating with different regions, 
we have to be able to understand those electric signals on like a, a deeper level and a more descriptive level. So, right. so yeah, that helped build on my, my learning goal. One thing I think about, like whenever we talk about our bodies as like having electrical capabilities is like, you know, whenever I remember like going to camps and stuff and they would hold this, like, I don't even know what it was, but you would make a chain and then it could light hands. up. Yeah. We yes. had that too. And it was like, if you're all touching it, yeah. If you're all touching it, you're making a circuit. And I've always thought that, I mean, it was magic whenever I was a yeah. kid. I was like, I was like that, you know, they're just pressing some uh-huh. button once we all start holding hands. But like we are capable of sending electricity yeah. through us, and that's that's something that like really I mean becomes more and more apparent, especially whenever we're studying things sure. like this. So yeah, that is really cool. Okay, all right, we'll move into our next segment then. So in this segment, we want to kind of hit on the things that we didn't particularly understand and, and grasp throughout the lecture or like the lectures this week. So Jern, what was it that? Like, you kind of got tripped up on. Well, I think on slide 1 through 34, I didn't really understand. <laughs> um, no. There was, I think that having a, a good background in physics and also just saying for the MCAT helped me understand a lot of the circuit stuff, even if I didn't want to understand it, as far as, like, conceptually. But there were the equations that were thrown in here, uh, looking at them for the uh, very first, I was so confused. And I'm still pretty confused after looking at them for a little bit longer. Uh, so the... One I can talk about, I guess, is the is the Goldman Hodgkin Katz equation. Like I understand that we're solving for membrane permeability, and I understand some of the variables we're using, but like these equations in general, when they're like have this many variables going on, they're a already hard to understand. But b, I always just get caught on like how do we know that? Like how does that work? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like these complex math equations always kind of just get me like i don't know just trying to even think about how we know that that's factual or that's true kind of throws me for a loop but even understanding it how to plug it in like i I understand the math and like everything like that but using this in like a word problem i think could be really difficult or trying to apply it like conceptually i think could be really difficult so that's definitely something that i as of right now feel like i need to spend more time looking at um, and also the other equation that's on here for sure. But So what I'm hearing is like you want to have him derive the equation so that <laughs> no, we know where it came that's from? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even want to try to. I'm just saying that it's insane to me that we've derived this. And I kind of get my brain stuck on the idea that like we've figured this out. But like, yeah, like how, I never want to even – yeah, I never even want like to – How did Goldman, Hodgkin, and Katz find all this out and yeah, put it together? There's some smart people. Yeah, right. But yeah, so that's just something that – Definitely kind of throws me for a loop, and I'll definitely, in order to apply it, like I understand the basic math behind it, I understand the variables, yeah. but in order to apply it like on a bigger scale, I'm definitely going to have to dive into it a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. but, you know. Yeah. Okay, Cameron, what about you? What's something that kind of threw you for a loop? Well, I feel like whenever like we go, whenever we're talking about potential and like the spread of information and electrical signals, we talk about action potentials, which whenever I think about action potentials, it's like... Okay, you have to meet this threshold mm-hmm. of of input in order for their in order for the information to be sent. Right. Otherwise, and that's something we've talked about in a lot of classes. Yeah, but one thing that I don't understand extremely well is the idea of greater potentials. Okay. So. Like passive spread. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Like, is there still this threshold that you have to meet in order for it to spread, or is it just like you know like very small signals like and you're i guess you are getting depolarization but just not to the same magnitude yeah 
Um, and then really, like, where does this apply? Because with, with action potentials, you know, like, that's how we get muscle movement. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's those things that, like, at least I know in that situation, like, they apply to, like, big picture, like, oh, like, I move my arm because I send an action potential down to the motor neuron, and that's how I move my arm. And right. Pick up the glass, which is still just, you know, like, that whole thing that we talked about wow. last week. Yeah. Um, but graded potentials, I don't know where they fit into. Right, like, what part of the body is applying them? Right. Yeah. Also, I guess my question on this is if there we talked about how there are no voltage-gated channels driving this difference. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's something that, like, my brain is really stuck on. So, I guess the question I'm asking is, if there aren't these voltage-gated channels, what is causing that depolarization? Do we have, like, ligand-gated ion channels present at the membrane yeah. in that location? And that's causing that initial depolarization, or is there something entirely different there? And I would assume that it's the same, like, the same ions that are working. Because I, I, I guess whenever I think about it, like, it's going to be amidst these these voltage-gated channels, there's also going to be, like, like graded potentials that will be occurring, like, in the same area, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's We're obviously not not understanding it extremely well. Yeah, it also seems, like, less conserved. It doesn't seem like you're going to be able to, like, shoot this a super long ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because it's spreading, like, it's passive spread. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, that one throws me for a loop a little bit, too. It's just, it's just so different from, like, what we've learned potentials to be and like an action potential yeah so even to like hear the word potential and think about like the body like this it's hard for me to get my brain off the idea of an action potential like right. that would be something entirely different here i also think about it in like a negative sense of like with with action potentials we're able to be like if we have some <clears throat> signal that goes awry and we get like one small signal like the gates won't open mm-hmm. we won't have that so like Thinking about it from like, like we're a just muscular firing no matter what yeah here. we're yeah. having like a mus like from a muscular standpoint like you have like those things that are like the action like not the action potentials like but these electrical signals that come in and it and an action potential doesn't occur right and that's things that like keeps you from like tremors yeah um, but then with this it's like there doesn't seem to be a defense I guess and like maybe, there's no, if there's no threshold you can fire at any time right yeah okay I don't yeah know. I don't know a lot to a lot to deep deconstruct and unpack in this yeah. lecture for sure all right well hey it's been a good week <laughs> that's all we've got for this week see ya